0: welcome you to episode 298 of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is sponsored by Advanced Compliance Solutions, your one-stop shop for all compliance solutions. Today I have with me Leona Lewis. Leona is the podcast founder and host of Masters of Disaster, one of the top podcasting in compliance. Leona talks about her experiences as a uh, About a year and a half into her podcast tenure, some of her favorite episodes, and what she's learned. The episode comes in at just over 21 minutes. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the FCPA Compliance Report. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Today, I have with me my good friend and colleague, Ms. Master of Disaster, Leona Lewis. Leona is the top female podcaster in compliance if uh, you weren't aware, and she has the podcast Masters of Disaster. So, Leona, welcome.
1: It's great to be here, Tom. It's really nice to bring in the new year with Tom Fox.
0: Well, thank you. So, Leona, um, I have wanted to sit down and visit with you about your experiences in podcasting and in podcasting in the compliance space. You've... um, I think got a little over 60 episodes up. You've been doing it about a year and a half or so. And I really just wanted to see uh, if podcasting Mm -hmm. and compliance is what you thought it was going to be. Has your podcast, is it it, uh, going along the lines that you thought it or has has it evolved and how you might have evolved as a podcaster? And maybe give us some of the highlights, uh, two or three that really stick out for you. So I know I said a lot there. So let me just start with – has masters of disasters been what you expected? Did you have expectations or has it evolved
1: well i I tried to keep my expectations low I mean, when I started the podcast, I thought, well, what can I expect out of this and at first, I expect I was going to do a weekly podcast that's what I had planned and I thought, well, at least I'll meet fifty two different people <laughs> didn't talk to them and 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 have interviews with people I hadn't you know gotten to know very well or people I wanted to meet. So so that was my expectation um starting out. I didn't know uh I did so I didn't have broader expectations than that, which was kind of a good thing because it it can be it's not only can it be a lot of work, but it also it, it takes a lot of persistence. I think to put out a regular podcast because you're not going to necessarily see spectacular results all at once
0: so um has there have you tried to have a theme or have you just tried to present as a sort of broad uh a scope of information to the compliance community as possible?
1: I actually do have a theme, and it's it. What I try, this is the goal of, of the podcast is to try to create kind of a virtual conference panel where, you know, when you go to a conference, a lot of people, especially in compliance, get an extra jolt of energy because they realize they're not alone. Often in their own companies, they might be either a very small team or working really on their own on these issues, and they really get to meet other people and benefit from their experience. So the podcast isn't so much about, say, legal updates and regulation as it is about the experience of being in the field of compliance, risk and ethics, where um, people can relay what they know from from practical experience. And you know, people who are listening can get the benefit of what you might get in a conference, but it's free. <laughs> there's no admission and there's no travel. So so that's really the goal of what this co- this podcast is about.
0: Well, I would certainly say you've achieved that. There were really uh, three that I really stuck out, struck st- stuck with me and really struck me as um ones that I, I really uh, thought about going forward. Uh, and they've been a variety of topics, which really lends itself to exactly what you said, uh, having really expert panel uh, available for people. Uh, the first one was uh, way back uh, early one, Peter Anderson from Beverage and Diamond talking mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. Uh, compliance. And Peter works in white-collar crime and environmental litigation, yet— what I found his uh, thoughts about what makes an effective compliance program, but more importantly, how the regulators consider a uh, compliance program really insightful and really interesting. So that one really uh, came from kind of the legal perspective. The second one was uh, I found it just fascinating. Kate Bischoff from the State Department, right. or former State Department. Mm-hmm talking about Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning and the human dimension of uh, intelligence and uh, information security. And really, and then the third, because it was such an eye-opener for me, was Joel Smith talking about training ROI. And in fact, um, that one struck me so much that I ended up researching uh, what Joel talked about in his, um, in his uh, podcast, and I wrote several blogs about it. And I've cited that information to clients uh, as a way to justify compliance training. So, really, those three st- uh, stuck out or struck me, uh, but just the breadth and scope of, of all of the areas of um, that you try to uh, talk about in your podcast.
1: Well, thanks very much. Those were a lot of fun to put together. Those those podcasts and all the podcasts I I post really I enjoy so much um, getting a chance to have these conversations with these experts. Um, And I actually am one of those people who just as I'm just has, I have an interest in a lot of different things. So, so the subject matters that the, the podcast reaches can be broad, but they're not so broad that they wouldn't be within the experience of of especially a small compliance team in a company who actually do have to deal with all of these issues. Um, the Chelsea Manning and I was talking with Kate Bischoff because Kate Bischoff actually here is an attorney uh, in the Twin Cities, and and we've done some projects together. And I was talking to her. She's like, Oh yeah, you know when Edward Snowden, <laughs> what, you know, was fleeing Hong Kong. I was like, wait a minute, you, you were at the State Department when Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning and all of that, that whole scandal went down. She's like, yeah, well, you have to be on my podcast. <laughs> so we had that. We, had, that was a fun, especially fun interview because we were able to do that in my kitchen. Um, she is a super fun person. Peter Anderson, I think he is from White Collar Crime, from the White Collar Crime Arena he really is good at explaining the personal cost of poor compliance on people in companies that he's worked with, because he's really seen how, you know, the, maybe the, the the cost that people are are calculating when they are looking at putting in putting together more resources for a compliance program how those costs seem cheap in comparison to the personal costs these people pay when they're going through a an a, um, investigation and uh they uh and the best investigation is not going well right um the, you know it's you know he he really can convey clearly that connection so i i enjoyed that that podcast, and I hope actually, especially podcasts like that or any of the podcasts, people out there in the compliance community can get ideas about how to present information to their, you know, to the people that with the purse strings in their companies about why they need compliance. Like giving them essentially more stories to draw from, you know, because a lot of people will have a gut feel about You know, if they're sitting in their jobs and they know for a fact that if there was a problem, those the people who are now telling them, no, they can't have any more money, would wish they had given them more money. But it's hard from where they sit and with their experience to really convey that sometimes. So it helps to have somebody like Peter uh, with experience to tell that story, um, that they may be able to incorporate or listen to and incorporate into uh, what they want to present to the people in their own companies. Um, Joel is another example of that. Joel Smith actually has a lot of, on his website, he has great information on training and he does take a very pragmatic approach and he understands from his standpoint, how hard it is to actually just get funding for training. I think when, 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 you know, I can talk about a lot about the federal sentencing guidelines and what, you know, it says about training in there, or I can talk about, you know, issues legally maybe with training, but really the bottom line is how do you get funding for training? <laughs> and, and, uh, information and analysis like the ROI of training is really a very helpful perspective to have. So he's another one where he really looks at it in terms of what are the practitioners within companies? What are they looking at in terms of their problems with training is often, sometimes well, often it's, you know, effectiveness of training. How do we make it more effective? But often it's just how do we get dollars to, to actually do the training at all? Like, why do we want to do the training? Right. So, so I, I really enjoyed all of those interviews and I actually, one thing that has come out of doing the podcast is I get to know a lot of these people better than I would otherwise. Absolutely. And that's been a lot of fun. Mm
0: -hmm. So one of the things that I uh, have observed in my um, own podcasting milieu is the increase in numbers of people who are listening to my podcast. And I, I sometimes get some just what I think are extraordinary numbers, but it's really convinced me that people are digesting the information we're putting out there uh, through the podcast forum. So one of the things I've been trying to, to figure out is how do we take this medium that you and I, I think, are both successfully using and really help corporate America uh, utilize this as a way to convey information? And some companies, I think, are comfortable uh, by putting out internal information uh, through social media channels. Some are a little more advanced than others. Uh, Dun & Bradstreet comes to mind uh, with Lewis Sapperman. Mm-hmm. Some companies uh, still believe in uh, you know written policies and procedures, and that if if you want to find out about something, there should be a place you can go and, and read it. But I was wondering uh, one did you have any thoughts on that and two, because of your professional background. Really, in consumer-related uh, companies and the compliance issues um, unique to those companies, if this was a format that you think would work uh, for some or all of corporate America,
1: oh, I definitely do. Because especially in larger companies in corporate America, it gives you it gives the people, the speakers, maybe the corp, the uh, chief compliance officer or other people in the company who work on risk issues a very personal contact with the listener people feel like you you know it's not possible to actually meet all of these people but people feel somehow like they've met you if they've let listen to the podcast like more so than if they read an article and so building actually on a mass Scale a more, a more personal relationship with the people in the field is very important because they will build a higher level of trust when they know that there really are people who are concerned about it, who are real humans. And, and concerns like ethics and compliance aren't just going into some file somewhere that nobody is concerned
0: about. I was wondering if you the might. other oh go ahead
1: oh 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 the other is it's uh, a great way to um, very inexpensively put out content. It's actually the low the barriers to entry are pretty low. Right now they would be higher in a corporate context if. You wanted to have, if the company wanted to have, say, a private channel mm-hmm. that where a podcast wouldn't be accessible to the public, and that's possible to do. Like some, some legal departments and some compliance departments actually have more public facing, um, like blogs, not necessarily on things that go on in the company, but definitely just things like, you know, privacy law. Or shipping law or something they actually like there there are a few of those there aren't very many I can't really honestly remember which which companies have those now they're big companies like UPS or or um, or uh, maybe even like Facebook or something but it's it's it have information available online that the public can access but you can have channels that are actually built only for employees to hear. So so the, the channel can be something that you could publicize as being um, interesting. Also, if you use the channel to promote uh, interviewing other executives in the company, then you actually generate a lot of interest in first that executive, in fact, uh, promoting the podcast, which is really a very positive thing for compliance, but also um people will listen to it because the, the executive is on there. I mean, you have to get people started listening to it somehow. Right. Because it's, it, you know, you can put something out there. Yeah, there's this podcast, you can listen to it. But, you know, a lot of people aren't necessarily going to be that interested unless you have some angle to it that they would be interested otherwise because the people involved maybe the topic is super super hot trendy at the moment because it's in the news like there has to be something about it that if you're looking even in the corporate setting people have to have an interest in what the podcast is about to start listening
0: so, Leona, I wanted to wrap up or finish up, rather, with uh, asking you for maybe two or three highlights of podcasts uh, from your perspective, things you didn't expect, things were different, or just things that you had a ton of fun doing.
1: Well, as I said, you know, it's been a ton of fun getting to have the conversations with the people I've been able to talk to. It's also been a ton of fun just being able to reach out to people I don't know. And say, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> because it is something you can offer people, um, in order to meet them that normally I couldn't offer, bef- I couldn't offer if I didn't have that kind of channel. It's like, it is it is an opportunity to help up, like promote others, really shine the light on other people in the compliance community. And that's just a lot of fun in, in of itself. I think what's been, um, things that have been surprising is that people are more comfortable talking about some of their personal experiences than i had thought i originally i was really this i mean i really want people to come from their personal experience and sometimes talking to people they have a hard time Talking about it, not because they're uncomfortable with their experience, but that that's not usually what they do when they are presenting information. For example, in a in a in a continuing education class, you know, that's right. not usually what they're asked to do. So so getting to that sometimes um, is a is a learning process, but it is something where people before I had done it, people are like. Well, people aren't going to want to, it's compliance, so people aren't going to want to talk about it. Right. Because of all kinds of confidentiality issues. And there are a lot of things about people's experience in practicing compliance that are not confidential because they don't necessarily talk about people or things that are non-compliant. They're talking about people like what kind of personalities and working with those personalities has been like. So, so it's, that has been easier than I anticipated. like i I, I think people are getting more comfortable with uh, using something like a podcast to transmit information where sometimes especially because a lot of compliance people come out of the legal department, they're they're queasy about um, being that publicly open.
0: Right. Well, that's been surprising. Leona, this has uh, really been uh, a ton of fun for me, and I've really enjoyed kind of watching you start out and and get on your feet and and really blossom into a person who I think is one of the top podcasters in compliance. So uh, to any extent I pushed you uh, to get going, you have just taken that and run with it. And uh, I look forward to each and every one of your new releases but i and I wondered if uh, anyone wanted to follow up with you. Could you uh, tell us uh, how they could email you and then uh, once again give us the site for uh, where people could listen to masters of disaster?
1: okay um well, thank you very much, Tom. really, your support has meant a lot to me um, and i've i've uh, it it you know interviews like this are just flattering to be on, so I'm always excited and also you're just One of the most prolific um, content generators in in uh, compliance right now, so a lot of people know who you are. Uh, My email is leona lewis l e o n a l e w i s at comply c o m p l y e t h i c dot com. My podcast. Masters of Disaster can be found on my website at www.complyethic.com. Www.complyethic, uh, and also on iTunes and any other of the listening apps. If you search for Masters of Disaster, that's plural. So that's Masters, like you get it, you're getting your Masters in Disaster. And so, so Masters of Disaster, if you search for that in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcast listening device, uh, like app you like, um, you will find my podcast.
0: Well, I would certainly recommend it to everyone. I listen to it at iTunes. Sound quality is great. And it's uh, a lot of fun with a very wide variety of topics and guests. So, Leona, uh, thank you. And I am looking forward to see what uh, 27 brings to you and the Masters of Disaster. Thank you very much, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would uh, rate our podcast. It would definitely help us on our rankings. If you have any questions about uh, this episode or any others, please feel free to shoot me an email at, tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Finally, I hope you are listening to my 30-day podcast series of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. It's available on iTunes, on my website, and on JD Supra, on normal distribution channels. In this podcast, I'm giving you one compliance tip each day so that at the end of 30 days, you will have a guidepost and roadmap to creating a more effective compliance program. Many of these tips are uh, things you can implement at little to no cost. I hope you will check out my series, 30 Days, to about our compliance program. This is Tom Fox. I look forward to visiting with you again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.